Not Another Origin Story, the podcast that critiques comic book movies one at a time. I'm your host, Pogues, and I'm joined by facehugger fluffer, Ben Chapman. Yeah, I gave you a good one to <laughs> go with facehugger fluffer. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I was going to try to come up with something about uh, artificially inseminating a queen alien, but I just couldn't come up with anything. So, Fantastic. I see where your mind was at with this film. Of course, we sat down and watched Aliens vs. Predator. Probably the loosest example of a comic book movie adaption. Woof! Yes. How much do you think this movie cost to make? Ooh, good question. I'm, I'm probably just going to be really bad at this concept, so, but I'm going to go ahead and say, I don't know, 10 mil? Wow, you are not good at guessing how much movies cost. No. Uh, this was in... What year did this come out? 2004 i want to say 2004 yes yeah. uh 10 million dollars would barely buy you a romantic comedy probably really 2004 yeah i don't know my shit <laughs> uh it cost 60 million dollars to make is it really 60 oh yes i told you i don't know this shit which is 15 million less than it cost to make x-men mm. which had a all-star cast i guess or at least you know well-known actors where did the money go in this movie? I assume to what they thought were special effects. Or to a pyramid that rotates like a Rubik's Cube. Uh, don't even... No. This movie... I'm saving it. I'm saving it. Sa- yeah, save your rage. Alright, uh, guess how much you think this movie made then. Okay, well if it cost $60 million, I-, I imagine it probably did pretty well because, I mean, people love both franchises so much. And they did make a sequel. So, I'm gonna say it made... Um, I'm gonna say it made a hundred million. I uh, know it made eighty million. All right, ballpark. So, so barely twenty million over. No, that's not great. That is not great. I'm surprised they got a sequel out of it. That puts it number sixty-two in the the list of comic book movie adaptions. And if you adjust it for inflation, so that all films go off of two thousand fifteen dollars, it comes in at sixty at sixty-third place. And that's out of about 135 films. Not so, strong. Well, pretty pretty middle of the road, but yes, definitely not a great showing. Uh, I, let's just go ahead and, and jump into this film. Uh, well, real quick, I, 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 I do like what we did with the X-Men episode. I just real briefly want to want to talk about what this comic and maybe Alien and or Predator mean to the two of us before we go in and... Uh, put the heel of our boot on top of its face. Oh, yes. See, this is what I need you for when I don't write good <laughs> notes. Uh, as far as Alien vs. Predator goes, I read this comic back when it was first released in a trade paperback. The comic that it... The idea is based off of the Dark Horse comic. Uh, it's where they it's they decided with the somewhat success of the comic book that they wanted to make it into a film. I liked the comic book. I thought it was an interesting story. I read the follow-up to it, which was not quite as interesting. But as far as the franchises go, I love Alien. I love Aliens. Never seen the whole Alien 3, and Alien Resurrection's horrible, and so is Prometheus. But Predator, I love both Predators, even though they're, they're bad films. Like, I've probably seen the first Predator 30, 40 times. Really? I, yeah, I love that movie. I had no idea. I love watching it to make fun of it. I I own the Rift Tracks version of it. <laughs> I'll watch that. I, I love Predator. I think it's just a spectacular film. Well, perfectly perfectly balanced is I am an absolute alien franchise fanatic. I mean, I really like you like you pointed out, I don't care for three, Resurrection or Prometheus, but 
Alien 1 and 2, Alien, oh, excuse me, Alien and Aliens, god damn it, we covered that last episode, um, are some of my favorite films. They're, they're up there in my top 20 somewhere, I would say, with Alien taking a significant lead. Um, I adore those films. I played the absolute hell out of Alien Isolation when it came out. Even though it's not that great of a game concept-wise, it's such a perfect recreation of those worlds and like the technology and the fact that everyone smokes on spaceships. I fucking adore it. It's 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 some of my favorite shit. So I came in this movie with that that um, that love clutched close to my chest, only then... to have it torn out, <laughs> or perhaps blasted out by a confusing space laser. This film, I think. If you are a fan of either one of these two or both of these franchises, this film is disappointing on a whole other level. It is not a, a successful movie as far as story and just the way it goes, but it throws out most of the mythos of these two characters. It completely mm-hmm. changes huge chunks of them for seemingly no reason. I, it just feels like they got two people who, or the people who wrote the movie just did not actually watch yeah had never seen the other films this film was directed by paul ws anderson who uh has built a career off of the resident evil films off the burning flames the flaming corpses of the resident evil franchise as well as the original mortal Kombat. oh man i can only thank him for the soundtrack oh so good And surprisingly, we were both surprised at this, Event Horizon, which is the movie about the spaceship that travels into a black hole that takes it to hell and then it comes back. It seemed like a bigger concept than I would have given this guy credit for, considering his previous and later work. But uh, not that I'm saying Event Horizon is a very good or particularly deep movie, but certainly a departure from something like Mortal Kombat. Well, or the Resident Evil films, which just become like more and more ridiculous. Ironically, on his IMDb page... It says that his trademark is has a rep- reputation for declining to direct follow-up to his films, including Mortal Kombat, AVP, and Resident Evil, which is not true. Every film he's made almost has been a Rev- Resident Evil sequel, so I'm not sure who wrote yeah. that. <laughs> I think he wrote that. I think he, a sad version of him wrote that while he was sobbing in his apartment. Or he was like... When he was trying to explain why he made Death Race, the remake. And don't forget, he also made Death Race 2 and 4? <laughs> why not 3? What happened there? Well, 3 was a real... There was a whole lot of issues. It was a real departure. They, didn't, they weren't on cars. It was motorcycles. It's just a whole thing. Well, the Death Race franchise is an entirely different uh, series of films to complain about. But right now, I have one film that I want to bitch about pretty hard. All right, yes. Let's go ahead and start. Now... There's a few things which are uh, confusing about this film. But let's just start. From the beginning, it starts off with the classic spaceship. Turns out this is not a spaceship. It's a Wayland uh, company... Satellite. Thank you. Yeah. And the only way you know this is, is because the word Wayland is written on this satellite four times. I don't know if people really label satellites since Look, no one can see them. You gotta, you gotta increase your brand awareness in the atmosphere. I'm just telling you. Well, it's the, it's the next enterprise of marketing. Yes, in low orbit, as the yeah, title so, card low, tells low us. Low orbit marketing is is really hot right now. Well, then it switches to a satellite. Uh, I don't know what the hell you would call that—a satellite bank, a place where they monitor what comes in from satellites in space on Earth. 
And you go into that one room where it's like 12 guys watching a bunch of CRTs for some reason? Yes. uh, More people than I can ever imagine watch a satellite, which is basically just scanning Antarctica. Wait a minute. You're burning money. Well, you know, it's also a Wayland facility because there's three signs outside that say Wayland. And the title card says Wayland. That's something I want to bring up. In the first five minutes of this film, you switch to six different locations all of which have title cards, and then it never happens again for the rest of the movie. It's very weird. It's not I... weird. It's the director. It's a desperate director. Because during those scenes, the one thing I can say I felt was the director's elbow firmly in my rib cage as he's going, huh? Huh? Remember? From the movies? Right? Okay. Well, so we get... Uh, the person we meet next is the main character uh, whose name is Alexa. I guess. Uh, I have to look at the IMDb. She is climbing up a mountain in Nepal where she gets a cell phone call. Don't ask me how her cell phone works in the middle of Nepal. And proceeds to talk to a person about meeting with Wayland. When she reaches the top of a mountain, there's a helicopter there, which says Wayland Corporation on it. Uh My question is, she's in the middle of nowhere. How did she not hear or see that helicopter land? an extremely good point, and I, I, I want to also depart a little bit just to critique something you just said. I don't think she's the main character. I think the movie wants us to think she's the main character. She's not at all in any sort of situation to be a main character. I frankly think this is a Predator movie. This feels like a movie I, about I the Predator. I think there is no main character. I, I maybe answer that. <laughs> but I honestly feel like, like this plot seems to be about the Predators doing a thing. Now, not that that thing makes sense, but it seems to be the focus is on the Predators, and I don't care about this woman, and she's not characterized in any way that makes her that heroic, and she has barely any arc to Uh, to refer to. She has a couple of, uh, like, save the cat moments, you know? She, uh, that's... Yeah. That's from a screenplay writing thing they talk about. uh, You want your hero to do something, like, mildly heroic in the beginning so that the audience knows they're the good guy. They call it the save the cat moment. She decides to stick with the expedition even though she thinks it's wrong because she doesn't want these people to die. She also, saves she saves Whalen when he goes on what looks to be just a fun slide. <laughs> but also a direct reference to Alien where she where um, Ripley notoriously saves a cat. <laughs> oh, is that really? I didn't even think about it. Is that really what that's from? I have no idea, but I thought that's what you were referencing is that, that, that oh, no. scene where she runs back into just certain doom to save uh, the, I, whatever that orange cat was called. Jonesy? Jonesy, that's it. How do you not... F- I, I know, thought right? you loved those films. I, ramped, I, I ranted about my love for those films and forgot the cat's name. God damn it. Uh, uh, anyhow. No, that's from a screenwriter. I can't think of the guy who yeah. wrote the book, and it's like the modern book that everybody uses. It talks about, like, meat cutes, what a two-hander is, all that stuff. Anyways. I was just pointing out how you double hit there. That was pretty good. I know. That's, let's pretend I'm going to cut all this out so it just sounds like I'm real clever. All right, cut right here, and I'll be like... Pogues, that was an incredible, astute observation. Wow. Why, thank you, Ben. That sounded so natural. Uh, Next, we cut over to a dig, which I forget where it's at. But this archaeologist is digging into this thing, and he climbs into this small area and is looking around. And the shot from inside the thing appears to be this room is at least, like, 10, 10 feet deep. It goes down. He pads around a couple of inches, finds a Pepsi cola cap. And immediately is like, there must not be anything in here. That guy is the worst archaeologist ever. Yeah. He's not just... to mention, 
that his tomb appeared to be under one of the catwalks that he and his team probably built. What the fuck design is that? What? What? All right, yeah, build the catwalk over the thing, and then once we're done with the catwalk, we'll check it out. Yeah, I, it is. I mean, it's no wonder where he's like, we're out of money. It's like, yeah, because you keep finding stuff, but like, you're, you're burning like, burning oh. your catwalk money, man. Well, then when you find something, you're like, oh, there's rocks on top. There can't be anything underneath. Might as well make a necklace out of this worthless piece of garbage that signifies my failure and move on. Yeah, which he's like, it's my lucky charm. It's like, dude, you, you didn't find anything. It is not your lucky charm. Also, great product placement, AVP. Mm-hmm. You way to shoehorn in a major company. I think those are the only two characters we really get introduced to. Well, we get introduced to the nerdy guy who's like, as near as I can tell, he's a scientist used to like carbon date things. He's useless. He's useless before, and then during the mission, he accomplishes nothing. Well, they're like, we're going to bring you with them. It's like, that's not how carbon dating works. The guy is not like a machine. He doesn't go out and like lick a rock, and he's <laughs> yeah. like, he can tell you how old it is. I didn't even think of that. You're you right. Bring, he, he, there's no way he can perform any of those tests in the field. It takes a very complicated piece of machinery to do it. So I'm not <laughs> sure why he goes. It's a very confusing thing, but... Uh, they're all flown out to this boat, which is like an ice cutter. It's sailing into Antarctica. They land, and this is like, we, we're introduced to the group, and it occurs to me that none of them know why they're there, but they all were like, you want me to fly out to Antarctica on a helicopter? Yeah, sure, I mean, I guess. Like, nobody thought that that was a weird place to meet? That's a big Wayland Industries thing, though, because in Prometheus, he does the same thing. I know it's a way later film, but they're like... They're, like, lifetimes away from home in Prometheus on the ship when the hologram's like, all right, time to tell you why you're here. And I'm like, you signed up for a mission where you're going to abandon your loved ones and be in cryostasis and wake up and only then find out what the mission is? Yeah, I thought that was very bizarre because then we find out that um, Alexa has a concern that she needs three weeks to train these people. You're already in Antarctica. The boat has sailed on being able to train them. You're in the environment, which is dangerous for them to be in without training. You can't train them there. Like, she should have known instantly when they were like, we're going to fly you out there. She should have been like, wait, what? We need to train these people. So it's just very odd that all of a sudden... And then train them where? On the boat? Like, all right, let's stack some boxes up and pretend it's an old ancient underground pyramid. Well, but then we find out that it's all pretty much flat land, and they drive there in bobcats, and then they walk maybe 10 feet, and then... They just rope down a like a slide. Like, yeah, yeah. She's like, it's really dangerous. I'm like, it actually seems not dangerous at all. Nobody's even covering their face, which pretty sure you have to do in Antarctica because it's a, real cold. That was a huge problem of mine. It's fucking Antarctica. It's not jacket weather optional. Like everyone's just wearing a North Face coat and that's it. Like barely zipped up. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just like I've seen those people who film those penguin documentaries and they look freezing and they're dressed like in like a tiny house. Also, if she wanted to work on some general team dynamic strategy, the person she needed to start with was whoever was distributing the fucking flares in that movie. Because that drove me goddamn crazy. There is, tw- like, 24 flares lit in, the f- like, the first 20 minutes of this movie. Most of them last about four seconds. Some are green, some are red, some are white, some come out of guns, some are thrown. And then, at some point, for no reason, everyone's got glow sticks. I don't yes. know what's happening. Well, I actually put down that, like, I feel like Whalen could have saved a lot of money had he just <laughs> brought from some flashlights. Like, because I thought the same thing. I was like, wow, this flare budget on this expedition is huge. And 
And they arrive at what's going to be their dig site, because at the time, they don't know that some giant space laser shot a hole through the Earth. And so they show up. They have no lights for any. They're firing flares in the air. I'm like, do you know how long the dig's going to take? Are you just going to keep firing flares? What's also bizarre is they don't know the hole's there, and they bring the rest of the team. And the guy says, it's going to take me like two or three days at least to dig in here. Why did you bring the rest of the crew? They should have just stayed on the boat until there was actually something they could do. You're just bringing them out to freeze to death. That's extremely true. Now, real quick, uh, in this scene, we're gonna. This is gonna be our entry into the two timer log. Uh, Tommy Flanagan, who you probably recognize as the actor who has a Glasgow smile uh, from when he was younger, he was mugged. Uh, he is in Sin City, another comic book film adaptation. And yeah. shockingly, I found this out while I was just talking to Ben earlier that Shanana Latham. Latham? Lathan? I don't know how you say this lady's name. There's like way too many A's in it. Uh, the Alexia Woods character, she was actually uh, in Blade. So that's two people in this film that were in another comic book adaption. So there's our two-timer log. Uh, so yeah, we they decide that they're going out there. There's a scene before this where Alexia says she's going to leave. And she burst in on Bishop doing the pen between the fingers which I guess is an homage to the scene in Aliens where he takes that knife and does it. Ugh. Yeah, and I mean, it's a clever homage. And by clever, I mean annoying as shit. Yep. I was just like, really, guys? Don't. Please don't even. It's bad enough you're using the characters from a better film. Don't trade on iconic scenes. Also, I have to point out at this point because we, uh... <laughs> Wayland is a robotics guy. He's a robotics engineer business dude. What the fuck is he doing here at this archaeological dig site? Like, wh- uh, He has cancer in his lungs, and he wants to be remembered for something. something I guess it, finding it, a temple is more important than the fact that he, like, built, like, replicants. Something like, thoroughly outside his entire industry. Like, he's like, oh, I found this, like, likely um, uh, archaeological dig site. I'm just going to go ahead and go after it, even though my job is to be a robot guy. And I brought no gear. That indicates I have any technological expertise. I brought glow sticks. That is my only gear. Well, the whole thing makes no sense. Because even if you're like, all right, he knows that the pyramid is aliens. He does not know. I mean, it's like they just don't know anything. Yeah. Speaking of people not fucking knowing anything, in this scene, there's also, uh, while they're approaching the the pyramid dig site, as they're they're coming up, um, uh, the main character, is it Alexa? Yeah. Alexa is walking with the archaeologist past a giant whale carcass, which I fucking recognized. But the goddamn archaeologist is like, what is this? Well, what's weird is when they first arrive and she shoots the flare, and she's like, it's an abandoned whaling station. They all have this look like, oh, shit, there's an abandoned whaling station here? But then 30 seconds later, she, for some reason, knows the complete history of this whaling station that's been abandoned for 100 years. Yeah. And I'm... Like, I don't know. She's just like, oh, in 1904, everybody disappeared. Nobody knows why. And I'm like, well, okay. But then my other question is, they shoot a long shot of it. This whaling station is built on, like, a 100-foot cliff. So, like, the nearest body of water is down a cliff. How the hell were they getting the whales out of the water? They're just adding, like, a whole lot of work to get these whale carcasses I have so out many, of the water. I have so many questions about the whaling station that it's not even worth getting into. But mainly of which, who the fuck built this? It's, yeah. As you're pointing out, it's on a cliff. It looks like it was built in, like, the 1600s, but, no, it's, it, but it then seems there's, fine. 
It looks like it's built, yeah, like it, like it's like an 1800s whaling thing. Like, you expect, this is like where Shackleton went to try to, like, when he got, like, shipwrecked in Antarctica. Good reference. Thanks. That, that's for our real histo- our history buffs <laughs> listening. But then, there's, like, ductwork on one of the buildings that looks like it's from 1980. So I'm it's like, what mess. is this thing supposed to have been built? It's the decaying set from, like, one of the, one of the like, uh, another movie that they decided just to, like, dump in snow, fake snow, and set this movie in. Well, I guess they just needed to have, like, something there because they were like well they can't just be standing here like you know one of the best scenes in the thing is the fact that they're inside of a little base so we'll give them this and there's just a penguin inside of it for some reason yes skittering about in the dark as penguins are known to do oh yeah especially inside buildings and alone yeah (laughs) penguins aren't known to be like a group animal they hate socializing Uh, the rats of antarctica (laughs) jeez now they start they get there they they realize they don't have to dig. No one seems really all that concerned. Dude, I was I wrote that in all caps. I'm like, there is a laser, a laser drilled in the ground that was going to take you three days to drill. Three days with your best, the best crew on the planet. The Armageddon team of this movie was gonna, well, was going to drill your fucking. That explains hole. a lot. And, <laughs> and there's a not just a hole already there, but perfectly cut inexplicably like perfectly like systematically done and then you can see the laser impact on the on the roof of a building behind you yeah and that like that doesn't raise any red flags people are like oh that's weird like that's crazy anyway down the hole (laughs) so they set up their their equipment and conveniently a storm shows up it's like lights i assume that the storm was called storm convenient uh and then i guess that like the studio was like, ugh, nothing's happened in this entire movie. We need some action. So the storm shows up and Waylon slides down a, the tunnel for a little bit and has to be saved by Alexa, I guess. I do like when she uses the axe to, like, stop him. That's a pretty badass scene. Yeah, I would have much preferred, though, if she had accidentally just, like, <laughs> right in his skull. And she was like, oh, God! Oh. You know? That's just the movie takes a whole different turn. Try to look cool. But at that point, the spaceship arrives. The Predator spaceship shows up. Which, I mean, fuck Wayland's satellites at this point, because they missed the whaling station that was on top of the pyramid that they're going after, and it missed a gigantic state-sized ship that has just rolled... Like, the state yeah. of Rhode Island just flew in, and the satellites apparently got nothing on it. Those eight guys sitting in that room, like, watching CRTs, missed that. They went out for lunch. They got tacos. Well, they're listening to It's the End of the World so that they can <laughs> maybe appear in uh, Independence Day. Yeah, or Contact. Is that in contact too? Jeez. Okay. <laughs> but what's also odd is they shoot the predators down in like these weird like dick rockets. Sure, dick rockets. Yeah. But then later in the movie, we see that that ship's just been sitting there on the ground. Why couldn't they just walk out? Because they have dick rockets to shoot. <laughs> True. That was my fault. All right, folks. But, just yes. just just answer this as like as quickly as I say it. You have a choice of getting down to the ground. What do you do? Wait for the landing, or dick rocket? Oh, Dick Rocket all yeah, the way. Yeah, there we go. Anyway, move on. Because I want to know that I penetrated the Earth. I, I, at this point, when the Predators are out, we also find out that Whalen was like, mm, we're going to go dig up this ancient temple. We should probably bring, like, a fuck ton of guns. Like, he has a Flares. huge army personnel for some reason. Like, they never explain why he... Like, there's never, like, a hint that he's like, I knew about the aliens. I knew something was wrong. Just, right. People just have guns, and, and we just accept it. More important than that, a couple of them 
are carrying guns and secret briefcases. Well, I mean, that's just so they can look badass when they whip them out. And then they, and then they, they just, yeah, they just take them out. I, I'm wondering when he's like distributing these gun briefcases. Someone's like, "I'm sorry, are the guns? Are we hiding those from someone?" Or, or you know, he's just like, he's just bull- like, just picture when right. we need them, and you get to just raise up that handle, and wham, a gun's there. People are gonna be like, "Oh shit!" Like, they, you won't even have to fire those guns. They're gonna be so impressed. Excuse me, Mr. Whalen, sir. I have the supplies for your mission. Uh, I've got 14 crates of briefcase guns and 38 crates of four-second flares. Is that about right? Uh, we're gonna need to double that flare order. Okay. All right. <laughs> and uh, get rid of this box that you have labeled as lighting. I don't know what the <laughs> no, fuck we need those I for. Don't, any lights. I also don't need good goddamn archaeologists who keep touching all the artifacts. Stop well, it. Well, here's an interesting thing, too, is they walk up this pyramid, and on the outside of the pyramid, there are two kneeling predator statues. Yep. Complete with the gun cannon carrying spears. No one looks at them. No one comments on them. Yep. Later in the film, they see them standing up there, and they're like, what are these? I'm like, you just walked past them. They're bad at everything. Well, well, another huge plot point that I have to address right now is, is we haven't even gotten to the, any of the predators or aliens showing up yet, um, is, is that they're in this temple, which I take that it's some sort of, like, hunting ground, right? Because it, it, sure. it shifts, and it, it, it's built to be like, a, like, 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 like almost like a coliseum-like entity for them to fight these aliens in. They're, they keep finding all these, like, hieroglyphics that explain the plot of the movie as if they found the wiki page carved into a wall and they're just reading it out loud. Well, the it, thing that bothers me is that guy waits until after the aliens and the Predator showed up to translate anything of importance. Right. Like, why couldn't you have read that at the beginning? <laughs> but more importantly, why is it there? The aliens know who they are and the Predators know who they are and they're there to hunt was, each other. Who is that for? It was written... For the ancient people who built a gigantic cave around their underground pyramid. I'm screaming. I'm screaming in my own head. Oh. Okay, so, uh, now that, so, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to read my notes at the same time I'm talking. The it, film continues to make little to no sense. They move into the sacrificial burial chamber, and laying on these slabs are people dressed in, like, the prehistory garb that we see later? Because this society is supposed to predate real society. Because, you know, there's no reference to aliens or predators in Egyptian hieroglyphics or, you know, the Mayans. So this civilization was supposed to exist before and got wiped out. Also, why is it only three? It's I understand it's three very old ones, but there's a ton yeah. more. There's a ton more. What about my bros, Native Americans? Where are they at? Sorry, bro. Where, where are my indigenous people? Sorry, people from India. We know you may have been the original people ever, but it's a nope. rough break. Didn't make the cut for the temple. Now, we find out that the aliens show up once every hundred years to hunt here. These people are dressed in prehistory clothing. We understand that in 1904, they came and they took the people from the whaling place and must have used them as the sacrifice. Where are their bodies? Yeah. Also, who were they using in 1804 when that probably wasn't a whaling facility? They had or in 1704, 1604? They had to pop off in India and pick some people up. Or did they just show up and they were like, oh, oh there's no one here. Guys, why did we build this out here? I guess we'll shoot some penguins, but this just seems sort of like a cheat. 
<laughs> so I don't really understand what happened there. Uh, we also find out that there's an alien queen frozen in the bottom of this temple. Totally. Which just seems, one, ridiculously dangerous. Two, they must find alien queens super easy. I would assume that'd be real hard to get one, but they must have these all over every planet that they built these pyramids on. <laughs> must just be full of alien queens, which is the one thing in the comics that makes sense. They just have the one. Right. But... We get to see it giving birth to eggs, which is a shame that the super. miracle of life is always so gross. Super unnecessary. <laughs> and then onto a fucking conveyor belt. That's a message. Oh, yeah. It was <laughs> not a pleasant situation. What's what's your what's your se- point behind that scene? What kind of allegory am I creating there? You don't want to know, my friend. <laughs> Paul Anderson? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's Paul Anderson, so nothing? Yeah, nothing. That there needs to be more zombies? Uh, we're introduced to this large cast of characters. Maybe four of them do we have any knowledge of. We know Alexia it runs a non-profit something that is in that Whalen doesn't like, and she's also an Antarctic expedition person. You've got Sebastian, who's the not very good architect or ar- archaeologist. <laughs> Wayland, who you know is just old and dying. Then you've got I guess his name was Grima which makes him just sound like he's a character in a Tolkien movie. <laughs> but he's the carbon dater, and he has kids. But the rest of the characters are just like, whatever. Like, you get the idea that, like, the the black guy, Maxwell, is like the... He's the head of security. He's the tough, hard guy. And he's got other hard people working for it. Like, they introduce these characters, and then they're stuck up in the chamber where these eggs pop up. And, like, you have no connection when any of these people die, because you're like, I don't even really remember which one he was. But that scene, to me, is really weird. These eggs pop up. They they get sealed into the temple after the group finds the Predator's guns, and immediately, like you said, touches them and takes them. Yeah. Even after the archaeologist, who they brought specifically for being an expert, and who is figuring out all this weird stuff, is, he's like, don't touch him. They're like, eh, what's he know? We only brought him because it's his only area of expertise. But so he says not to burn. He, they pick him up, which I don't understand why the predators don't just have their guns with them. But whatever. Uh, but also, don't forget that he, he reaches that like tomb that or whatever that complicated chest they keep the guns in, and he goes, "Ah, yes, a, an Aztec combination lock." I mean, this it's, is, a, it's a Mayan calendar. He combination doesn't. Lock. He doesn't say that, but he's like, "Ah, oh, yeah, I get it." It's a fucking combination lock. That's not weird. Like, they fucking had those. Like, they, yeah. He, it's not a thing. Again, no one... I and, guess, then, and then the combination is the, the date? Today's date is the combination. Are you fucking set, kidding me? It was set for the date before. And then, like, what's weird is he tells the date before, and it's like, nobody's like, hey, wait a second. That's, like, exactly 100 years ago. Yeah, no That's one comments weird. on that. But also, Nobody's like, isn't that when all the whaling people disappeared? Also, the Mayans did not have combination locks, and if they went through the fucking effort to to take leaps and bounds past their own means of mechanical engineering, why would they make a fucking lock that the the, that the, the combination was it was just whatever day it was that you were going to open it? God it fucking feels, damn it! It feels like that scene in Spaceballs where he's like, the combination is one, two, <laughs> three, four. What? That's like the, something some idiot would have on his luggage. Uh, so anyways, we're, they, they set this off. Why he even tried to open it, There's the whole thing makes no sense. This guy also can read every ancient language which no longer is even spoken. 
He's like a super genius, even though he looks like he's 32. But we go back up, and there's this spiky-haired woman whose name I don't even know. Nope. I don't. I can't. She's not introduced she until the scene where she like until she enters the room where she dies. No, she's introduced before where she's putting Barely. a gun. She's putting a gun on her. Harness, oh, that's right. Yeah. And Alexia's like seven seasons on the ice, which I'm like, she's only been doing this for seven years, and she and she's like their number one. I'm like, there's not somebody who's been doing it longer than seven years. But anyways. She's like, I've never seen a gun save anybody's life. And she's like, well, it's the same principle as a condom. I'd rather have it and not need it than not have it and need one. And you're like, ha, 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 Then they're in this room, and these alien eggs pop up. And you can see stuff moving inside of them. And she pulls out her gun, and her first reaction is, let me walk a little closer to it. Like, in, in Alien, the same thing happens. That guy's like, look at how weird and disgusting these are. Let me put my face right in front of it. I'm just like... I see that happen, and I'm that lady. I'm firing bullets before anybody even knows what just happened. Like, they're like, yeah. hey, are those eggs? I'm just unloading into every one of them as fast as I can. It's the problem with horror movie directors. They're used to teaching They're used to teaching audiences that they have characters that are dumb teenagers who would do dumb shit. But when you open a movie and introduce the most elite of elite of all of their individual industries, you can't have them be fucking morons the same problem in prometheus where it's like oh these yeah. are the best scientists in the world and they scream when they see an alien a dead body <laughs> yeah but then later try to make love to a penis alien <laughs> different movie anyway <laughs> no penis snake it happens uh no but then uh the thing is too is like they build up this character to be like she's gonna shoot anything like yeah. any problem she runs into her first reaction is gonna be like i bet you i could shoot that but in this she's like let me just walk up and put my face right in this alien's mouth hole now, it's not till later that the dumb, nerdy, carbon dater guy is the only person to actually fire a gun. <laughs> and succeeds. Yeah, and you know. succeed with a weapon. All right. Now, this also is where it departs. So you... Alien facehugger, they all get egged. Meanwhile, downstairs, they're trying to figure out where to go. Maybe ten minutes has elapsed. Ten minutes? Bull- it's, this- it's like 40 seconds. This is being generous. I'm assuming that the cut in between those scenes is ten minutes. Right. Those aliens pop out of those people's chest. In Alien, it takes like two and a half days. It's all over the place. And I'm not only mad about that within this individual film, but because it's such a betrayal of the concept that drives the series. Yes. And then what's weirder is we find out in what is not a shocking turn of events that that predator, who for some reason takes his mask off, despite the fact he knows there's facehuggers around... Mm -hmm. He has an alien in him. It takes like six hours for him to go bad. I what, understand. Whatever the runtime of the movie is, is how long he has an alien in his chest. Yeah. Yeah, it's very bizarre. Also, they're running away, and this pyramid is reconfiguring. And even if you, like, they don't know about the aliens yet, these people are, like, nonplussed at all. Like, they just are like, huh. We just discovered this massive underground temple. There's all these weird ruins. We just found laser guns from the future, it looks like. You think we should head back to base camp? Like, nobody has, like, any awe or any excitement about being in this situation. They're all just like, meh. It persists through the whole movie. At one point, they're watching the alien and the predator fight. And they're just like, we gotta go get that other guy. Come on. Yeah. I'm like, well, you as... fucking kid. You just discovered not one, but two alien species do exist. And they've predated a human civilization on Earth. And you're just like, nah, we should probably get out of here. You, know, yeah, you, we should... you guys want to roll out? Let's roll out. I think they're. I think tonight's Taco Tuesday. <laughs> uh, when the, they find out that the pyramid is changing every ten minutes, which because 
the mind counter is based on 10, so I don't really understand. He, he fucking references the metric system when talking about the Aztecs, and I wanted to scream. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's not where metrics come from. <laughs> uh, but the the floor opens up, and a guy falls, I'm going to be generous, and say 10 feet, and he breaks his leg, because he yeah. can't stand up. That's, 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 that's break leg falls, fall height. Later... Uh, Glasgow Smile Guy falls five feet, breaks his leg. I'm like, they should have got some almond milk on that icebreaker <laughs> boat because everybody there has osteoporosis. Like, they are just... Uh, I've never seen people break limbs that easy in any film. Usually in a film, you're like, you can't fall out of, like, a three-story window and just not even twist your ankle. In this film, it's like a guy trips and he's like, my arm! You know, it's just... Very bizarre how quickly everyone is seriously injured. Also, you could listen to a bunch of other film podcasts or listen to Kevin Smith talk or read any number of articles to understand that horror films have a very distinct, like, art to killing off their characters in interesting ways after giving you a build-up with who they are and then, like, pacing them out. This movie doesn't know about any of that. This movie kills no. every single character that they bored you with for for. 30 minutes in about four minutes. They just, in, yes. just slaughter them. And they, they try to build up like some semblance of being like, don't you feel bad? There's the Grema guy, the, the carbon dating guy, and uh, Mark, who's Tommy Flanagan. They are like, they have this thing where he's like, do you have kids? And he's like, yeah, I got one. He's like, then we can't quit. We got to get out of here. And then immediately the guy gets captured. Yeah. And then the other guy, and I'm just like, are we supposed to feel bad because they just said they had kids? But I'm like, tons of people have kids. Like, I'm like, I don't know anything about his kids. I didn't see him interact with his kids. He's basically just like saying, I've got kids. It's the same thing if he had been like, hey, you've got a spaceship, right? We got to get out of here for that spaceship. I'm like, yeah, I guess he's got a spaceship. I don't know. Also, those moments are empathy investments. You're getting me to invest a little empathy in them. That needs to take a little bit to grow until I eventually care at least a little bit about it in the movie audience kind of way where I'm like, oh, no, he died when he dies. Yeah, not, at least Not 12 something. seconds. That's not the time. That's not the gestation period for either aliens or good character design. Yeah, you, you feel bad when people die in the original Alien. You feel bad when people die in Aliens. You feel elated when certain people die. In this movie, you're just like, eh. Oh. And then, while we talk about the worst ever uh, crew that's been assembled, experts in their field of incompetence, we meet the Predators. Three Predators show up and uh. are just real bad at being Predators. Uh, count them down. What mistakes do they make, folks? Just count them down. Well, one, they don't appear to remember that they have weapons other than their hands. They just shoulder tackle every alien. Uh, uh, th two, they two, constantly turn their back on aliens. Three, they forget that one of their prime elements of combat is opening with stealth. True, but if we're going to be real nerdy about this, aliens can see their heat signature. They don't see in a normal spectrum of light. They can see predators even when they're cloaked. But that's not explained in the movie. Uh, oh, I meant I meant the predators. Like one of the oh yeah, they never they the, never stealth even around the humans. Both predator films base hugely on the way a, a, a predator sort of stealths around and like sets traps and slowly like not only kills the members of the party but does so in a way that like fucks with their like their their like their their insanity like their sanity. In this case, they just like walk into a room and go, oh fuck, hey guys, what up? I guess I'll just start stabbing shit. They constantly do not know aliens are behind them. When they do realize it and they get the jump on the alien, they still lose to the alien. I'm just like, these guys 
are just the worst. So yeah. two of them die almost instantly. The third one kills one alien and a facehugger and immediately takes his helmet off and gets facehugged. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, bro, there's a reason you wear those helmets. Like, don't take it off. You're a race. Wait till they're... Wait till they're all dead before you like victory and mark your face. Like you think they just fucked up the alien movies in this. That was my perspective going into it because I remember this movie. By the way, this movie is the only movie I've ever walked out of in my life out of the theaters of. Um, and that came a lot from my own distaste for the film in general, but also for my own love of the alien movies just being ripped apart. But the aliens are stupid in this movie. They 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 they, they sort of sometimes do a cool thing every now and then, but they just. They have no threatening presence. They're not at all like this, like menacing, skul- like skulking creature. Except for the one that's like super smart. All the rest of them are dumb. The one yep. that has like the fencing scar. Yeah. And at one point, there's a bunch of aliens just running at the predator. He's just shooting them, and they just keep running. I'm like, you know, that's not going to work, right? That gun aims itself. He doesn't even need to be here. Yeah. He could just put that gun on a stand <laughs> and go like. Go for a smoke break. Like, the Alien movies invented these characters from, like, H.R. Uh, Giger's, like, nightmare paintings. Like, they, they were this, like, representation of, like, the fear of the... Uh, of penises? Uh, the, yeah, well, yeah, the fear of vague sexual ever, imagery. Yeah, I was gonna say, if you've ever seen some of his art, you're like, oh, there's a lot of vaginas and dicks in this. <laughs> but in the Alien franchise, the fear of, like, the infinite, sort of unexplainable nature of space and uh, of humanity's, like you know, hubris with its expansion. Like, all these great themes that play in the Alien movies with the way they design the sets and the theme and the lighting and the characters, none of that is here. They just sort of fly out of the walls and get in, like, a fist fight, almost like a boxing match with the Predators. It's yeah, so they, they keep tackling stupid. each other. It's just like their main role is to be like, I'm just going to shoulder tackle this guy. I'm like, did they all go to, like, a football fantasy camp before this, uh, like, event? <laughs> However, with how bad these predators are, it does explain how Danny Glover manages to beat one. Now, which this is also something I want to bring up real quick. They set it up in the movie that these things come every hundred years to hunt here and hunt these aliens. How they're doing it when there's no humans out there, whatever. Why did those other two aliens show up in like within 15 years of each other? One of them in the jungle, one of them in Los Angeles. Were they just like, oh, there's there's an alien pyramid out there? I was just going to shoot a bunch of gangbangers. I'm <laughs> Shit, I wish I had known that was out there. I could have really tested myself. I think that's the Predator's version of, like, backpacking through Europe. Like, you know, it's oh, like... Oh, those guys are just... Yeah. They want to, like, they want to go on off the off the grid kind of trip and really experience yeah. some... So they want to pay that... Improvised killing in a different place. Well, they want to pay that extra money and get into, like, that, like, Club 66 or whatever the hell it's called at Disney World. <laughs> I don't want to be an intergalactic space hunter dad. Yeah, I'm gonna go shoot. I want to go fight the Jamaican drug lord <laughs> in an alley, who's throwing bones. Because that's not that's exactly like all Jamaicans. <laughs> Anyways, back to this terrible film. Uh, Can I say, are, are we to the point where the predator and the Wayland, the predator Wayland scene happens? Yes. Are we fucking there? Because I have so much, so many questions. So they're they're running away. And it's Ugh. just Whale, it's just Whalen, Alexa, and Sebastian, the archaeologist. Uh, Whalen is hurt from I forget what. He like hurt his leg because like, he fell or something. And, I don't and know. his vague lung lung cancer thing. Yeah, and so he's like, "You can't take me with you. Just you're gonna have to go on. Just leave. I'll hold, you know." And so they go to leave, and he goes to fight the predator, and the predator does this little scan. He's like, "Man, you got cancer. I'm not gonna kill you." And just, like, tosses him aside. 
in which Whalen then uses his pure oxygen to shoot flames at the Predator. I'm like, bro, you are so lucky he just walked away. Just leave well enough alone. <laughs> you know, just accept it. You live. You can still get out of here. Yeah, smart thinking, smartest mind in the world. And so which the Predator immediately turns around and stabs him. It's like, what was your end game there, Whalen? Did you, were you hoping he was made of, like, his skin was combustible and he would just instantly burst into flames? But I have so many fucking questions about that scene. So, are, are we to think the Predators are scanning everybody before they kill them? And, oh, yeah. And if they find anything terminal about any of the people, they let them live? What kind if of weird creatures? Are, are they checking their, like, family histories for history of, you know, heart disease and alcoholism? As, as long as they're healthy when they go to kill you. Remember in, in Predator 2, they don't kill that girl because she's pregnant. I don't really understand that because that doesn't make her weak, but he doesn't kill her because so she's pregnant. so confusing. Also, if the creed is that they don't want to kill something that's not worth the kill because it's, like, going to die anyway. I mean, humans are pretty goddamn squishy and limited well, lifespan as it is. Like, why kill humans at all? Well, they make the, the big deal in the first one is they're like... He won't. They won't attack us if we don't have weapons. Well, drop your fucking weapons. Just why are you carrying your gun around still, Schwarzenegger? If he won't attack you if you're not armed, just don't carry a gun. Really feel like you could just <laughs> win at the end. So uh, they actually make a reference to that at one point. The drill guy runs out and the predator's looking at him and he waits for him to pick up the gun before he kills him. At which point I'm like, why didn't you just kill him? I mean. Was he really going to accomplish anything with that pistol? It's such a ridiculous creed, because they definitely kill people in the beginning of the movie who are completely unarmed. It's confused. It's such a mess. It's such yes. a fucking mess. It's Where's the goddamn place. script supervisor on this movie? So we get a scene later where they're running away. They go to jump across this broken bridge, which is inside this pyramid, which also appears to be like in a, like a monstrous cavern. I'm not really sure where that's at, the pyramid, since it constantly is reshaping itself. But... Uh, Alexa almost doesn't make it. Sebastian tries to help her when a alien very slowly drags him away. She climbs up. She has been arguably the least frightened by things. She's tried to keep everybody moving. She's had a plan. Instantly, all the men are gone and she starts crying. It's just such a bizarre twist where you're just like, wait, she was supposed to be the strong female lead. As soon as there's not a dude around, she starts crying. Wow. Yeah. That's very bizarre. And she, yeah. So she meets up with the Predator, and she gives him back his gun. She kills a random alien, and she somehow gets it to let her come with her. It doesn't really, in the comics, it makes way more sense why he lets her come along. In this, it's basically, she's just like, bring me with you. And he's like, all right, whatever, I don't care. Yeah, because what I understand from the comics is that the the character, what's her name? It's with an M. Uh, I think it's... Ah, uh, whatever. But um, that yeah, that that, that character, which they're basing this character off of from the comics, kills like hundreds of aliens, right? Well, she yes, and she also saves the life of the alien or the predator because he's like tied up, and she ends up saving its life, like by letting it go and helping it to fight the alien, so he doesn't die. So he's like, he kind of sticks with her in a way, I think, almost because he's just like, well, I do owe her my life. You know, she did save me, so I'm gonna go with her. And she's like shooting aliens left and right. So it's just, uh, in this, you're just like, I guess he's just like, whatever, I just don't want to deal with this. Now, at this point, too, we also get the scene where uh, Scarface alien hears a call from the queen. Now, this is, you know, there's always that question, like, when they built the Death Star, why didn't they just put a cover over that vent? Sure. So that you can't shoot a laser or a missile down it. Yep. That's a reasonable question. But you can come up with a reasonable answer. What? 
jackass predator built this thing and was like, should we make it so that there's no way to enter the queen's chamber after the eggs have come out so that the aliens can't go and, I don't know, free the queen? They're like, meh, who cares? Right, they have a fight every hundred years. Did no one think of this yet? No one thought of this? I'm like, why would you ever build it to let them get to the queen? That's just like, that's like putting a nuclear bomb somewhere and being like, do you think we should put a door with a lock on it? And you're like, I'm sure nobody will go there. <sighs> also, it's just so bizarre. So they get, she gets free. Uh-huh. And uh, the predator sees all these facehugger eggs, which I'm like, I don't understand really what they're going to do. I guess they're going to attack fish if they get out into the open. Because you're in Antarctica, there's not a whole lot of animals out there. Not getting anywhere. They can't fly and they can't swim through freezing water. Well, we'll, we're going to debate that here in a second. But anyways, so he throws his bomb down there. They run out of the pyramid. They ride their sled up. At some point in time, the queen just ran out, I guess. They never really explained where it went, how it got up there. But now this predator gets up top. He's like, we did it, you know. He... After the two, the whaling station explodes like it's still full of whale blubber. Like, I'm like, everything was frozen and 100 years old. Why is, like, why are buildings exploding? It should have just been one, it's a nuclear bomb. That's it. Like, we saw it in Predator, the first one. It doesn't keep going. It's not like, you know, trees start exploding. I think my brain's still just dead from trying to relive the image where a Predator rides a turbo toboggan up a fucking tube. Oh yeah, it's it's the worst. Ridiculous. It's the and he looks like he looks like the predators in these movies. Look like they're just like guys wearing football pads. Like, they look like so clunky. Yeah. Well, what's bad too is they've never since the like in the first movie. I'm like, I got it. You know, you you built this model for the first time, and he's supposed to be really big. So his fingers are like two inches longer than a human's fingers. So in the first predator, if you look, he can't bend the end of his fingers. Like he has a <laughs> joint, but it doesn't yeah. bend. So everything he does, he's like just smacking his arm with just his fingertip they still do it in this movie i'm like you guys haven't figured out a way to make it so he can bend his fucking fingertips like we've come this far in technology and you guys have not figured out how to make big glove hands that work so in this movie he's they're still doing it like they're just like palming everything it's very annoying but so they get up top the predator's like we did good right and immediately takes off his helmet i'm like bro did you not learn your lesson from just like an hour ago where you took it off and immediately got face hugged so he takes it off and immediately the queen alien shows up and then has what is like one of the most boring fights oh just it's just so slow and boring and in the end well this is at the same time too the predator after they they escape he decides to mark the girl with a a mark to show that she's fought an alien, but for some reason does it on her cheek instead of on her forehead. Yeah, why did he make a last-minute change on that? Because I guess because it would look, you know, he was just like, well, if I do this on her forehead, she's never going to get another job. <laughs> if I do it on her cheek, she can just say it's a scar. <laughs> also, we, we kind of skipped over this, but when they when these characters first met, uh, Alexa and, and the Predator, they fucking, he fucking, like, takes a shitload of his time to take a head off of the alien he killed. I assume clean out the head and all the brains oh, the brain. and yes. the jaws and the bones. And then, I guess, rinse it of the acid blood that would otherwise burn her significantly? Yes. Then, takes the tail off the alien. Again, make sure it's free of the blood. Yes, I don't know how that one happens. Str- straps it to a stick, which I guess was just there. It was on a statue. He rips it off of a statue. Fair enough. Uh, wraps the thing to it, to which um, she makes use of it never. 
No, she's, she does stab the queen alien with it. But I'm like, uh, a shield which covers your entire forearm and your other hand is not a good combination with a spear, which is a 100% two-handed weapon, unless you're just going to throw it. So I'm like, that is, that's like a really skilled set of weapons that she is not going to know how to use. Nope. You did not help her, Predator. Yeah. But of course it comes in handy, where she too immediately takes off her jacket and does not instantly start freezing to death. Yeah, she just doesn't, in what's, doesn't what even dress the weather. She's cool. Yeah, it's just like, I'm like, you would almost instantaneously be like, oh my god, I think I'm going to die. It's so cold. Now, the queen, the fight, uh, they, the way they end up beating her is there's this gigantic vat that I don't know what it was supposed to hold, and she has a chain attached to it, so they tie it around, and they push it over, and the queen alien falls into the water. Now, here's my question for you. That queen alien is not injured enough to be dead. Right. Okay. In the first alien, she shoots it out into space, and it does not die, which means it can survive a vacuum where the temperature is... Like, you know, it would in, you would instantly freeze. You know I mean? That's yeah. like one of the things you can right. freeze when you go outside in space. How is being in the bottom of the... Like, as long as it can get that chain off, it can just swim back up. Yeah, they didn't kill it. It's uh... it's just living in the ocean now. Also, this... Which is full of things it can make facehuggers to and just have an, an army of fish aliens. And this scene is so fucking relevant. Uh, fish aliens, I didn't even consider that. It's horrifying. Um, this, this scene's also such core to what fucking bugs me about this movie is that when you have a big scene like this where you're killing off um this epic character like the like the alien queen or whatever it may be it's gotta have some fucking purpose to it you know like the emperor is killed in star wars he's like it's in this epic scene where like you know luke and his father and uh, are fighting over like the the morality of good and evil and they throw him down a pit and then he just bounces through this like torn to the electricity of his own creation like there's so much imagery there you don't just go hey guys we gotta kill the alien queen they made for this movie is there anything around oh an old water tower all right yeah it, it's definitely like they were just like all right you know what was awesome in aliens was at the end when they get off and they're like oh man it turns out the queen alien was holding on to the spaceship and now she's on the really big spaceship yeah and you're like, that's at least, that's interesting. You're like, oh, I didn't, you know, I didn't see that coming. This is going to be an awesome fight. And this, it's just like, they were like, we have to have the queen alien at the end. And they were like, well, how are we going to kill it? We're in the middle of Antarctica where there is literally nothing. Like, what's going to kill it? We always killed them by just shooting them out into space, which again, does not actually kill them. So somewhere in space, that queen alien is just floating around from aliens. Pissed off as fuck. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> son of a gun. I guess if it ever gets near a planet, yeah, it'll burn right, up and re-entry. Alien queens don't curse. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> just, uh, so at the end, the predator dies from his grievous wounds, which one of them is a being stabbed in the chest, so I guess it just missed the alien. But it turns out that, oh no, a whole bunch of aliens decloak, or, or predators decloak around uh, Alexa, and she looks up, and they see the mark on her face, so they don't kill her, which I assume they wouldn't have killed her anyways, because she's not armed. And now, But they stand there, yeah, right. and a couple of people come and take his body, and they carry it on the ship. Too bad they don't do one of those scans to find out if he has cancer, because they would have seen he has an alien inside yeah, of him. Yeah, they've all got vision that can look through bodies, but uh, don't bother using it. In a nod, I guess, to Predator 2, where after Danny Glover kills the Predator, uh, the chief Predator hands him a gun, 
like an old flintlock pistol from I guess when he showed up on the planet and killed people with flintlock guns, which I'm like, that's it's not really something to be proud of, guy. You've got like a laser gun. Yeah. These guys take a minute and a half to reload, but he hands him the gun. Here, this guy hands her his spear, which leads me to believe that predators are nature's most generous mass murderers. <laughs> I, they're like, well, if, if you get a mark, I'll give you something. You know, you killed a predator. Get a prize. He, yeah, here's a parting gift. It's like a participation ribbon. Also, so they chained up an alien queen in this temple because they, they, they recognize the alien as the greatest killing machine. And yes. they breed them so they could hunt them and maintain their excellence as warriors. And it's not to maintain their excellence; they just like to hunt stuff. And they like to hunt stuff. Sure, yeah, whatever the cause may be. And they also carry these nuclear weapons to prevent the aliens ever escaping. Yes, but which in the Predator films, it's supposed to be if they die, they can kill whatever killed them. That too. And this film, it shows sort of a flashback, I guess you call it, of one. Oh yeah, it's blowing up a temple and like wiping out a civilization just to prevent a, a hunt that failed from, like, letting these aliens, like, conquer the planet? Yes. If that's their credence, which, again, their credence never make no fucking sense at this point, why are there a goddamn city full of these predators watching this fight and yes, just that's... chilling? They're not doing anything. They're like, that's oh, what that's... I thought was bizarre. They're like, we can't, we have to make sure that the aliens don't get out of control. And so they see hey, the queen, and, and nobody's like, they're like, well, let's just see if this guy can do it. Nobody's like, we should really kill this thing right now. Yeah. Like, they're, like we cannot take the chance that it gets away. Like, one of those on the ship is like, hey, Bill, uh, uh, Dave's out there fighting one of the aliens, and it's out of its chains, and it's the queen, and it's going to, like, get away because he's, like, failing to fight it well at all. Well, well is Dave still alive? <laughs> uh, sort of. Well, we got to wait for Dave to die. You know the rules. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Should we check Dave? Right. Should we scan him or anything when we get him? Nah, come on, man. Real Housewives of Atlanta's coming back on. <laughs> now, the movie ends with the start of what could be a sequel and what ends up being the sequel, which is they walk away from this guy's body, which they just leave in this very nice space atrium. It's a great space. Love to rent it for a studio. They leave him there, and a predator alien pops out so it's an alien with the weird predator teeth and you're like oh no and then it it ends in classic horror film fashion where you're like they didn't really win and that's how the film ends and you're just like oh oh no (laughs) it's on a ship full of predators at least like conservatively two dozen predators because in that one shot you can see there's at least like 30 predators Right. Standing when they go to get the body. So I'm like, the chances that that thing could kill all 30 of a race which only kills things? That just seems unlikely. I'm not really worried about him. Next movie, there's only three of those guys on a ship. So (laughs) it really changes the plot. I will say that ending did provide one of the greatest um, uh, scares for me because it provided the idea that there could be a sequel to this awful piece of shit. And that's going to give me nightmares. Well, there was a sequel. I know. It was on TV this weekend, and I actually watched a good portion God, of it. God, I've never seen it, but... Oh, it's not great. I, it's better than this, but... I didn't I didn't cover it when it happened, but I, I, I did walk out of the film. Um, like I said before, I walked out of this film when it was screening. And I, as I pointed out in the, in the mini-sode, I walked out not from like a midnight release where I was extremely disappointed and I came in with a lot of high hopes. I watered into this on a matinee on like a Sunday when I was like in pajamas home from college uh, for summer, like my freshman year or something. And like, I have, I had nowhere to be. 
and I, and I still fucking walked out of this goddamn disaster film. Do you remember what, like, what was the scene? That exactly. I remember exactly the scene. He fashioned the spear and, like, the shield out of, like, the goddamn alien parts. And I was like, God, no, no, no. And I got up and I walked out of the theater of, like, me and one other guy who was taking a nap. Yeah, he was just like, oh, <laughs> gotta get away from my wife. <laughs> uh, all right, now we're going to go to our recurring segment, uh, Sequential to Cinema. And this is where we're going to talk about... Uh, ben has mentioned he hasn't read the comic in a while. I didn't reread it, but I did look through it. The basic... This film literally has nothing to do with the comic book. There is a queen alien fight in the comic. The main character is a female who gets a... She does end up getting a mark on her face by the Predator. And that's pretty much the similarities. The... One of the main issues I have with this movie is the idea that it takes place in present time. I think that's really dumb because in the future, at least in the Alien franchise, no one knows what they are. Like when they first find that the facehugger and the alien, the whole point is Ash is supposed to bring it back because Whalen Yutani wants, they're like, you know, if you find any alien life form, we want it. We want you to get it and bring it back to us because they want to like try to turn them into weapons or something. So, you know, they, when they first find it, he doesn't know what it is. He has no clue. Right. And so, but if, if this, all this stuff exists, and later on in, in Aliens vs. Predator Requiem, the government knows they exist. So it's just like the whole thing is just like, well, then none of these other movies make any sense. You know, one of the whole reasons they send uh, Ripley out in Aliens is because she's the only person who has any experience with what they think this they think that there's been uh the, the xenomorph is loose at this compound right so they get her because of its proximity to where they're at so all this stuff you find out is they have no idea but it turns out they should have known for quite a while and it well it's also frustrating because even from a fucking production standpoint if you're gonna make a follow-up to a film franchise it's not really a follow-up it's just sort of like playing upon two franchises don't go for prequel man Prequels are tough. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta establish references to the core films. You gotta, and that's more than just putting the Whalen logo on every coffee mug you find. Yeah, on, on the boat, on every box they get. It's about now, building up like origins for characters, or at least for the characters that influence the characters, or whatever. But yes. you, have, you have a lot of work on your hands. It's way easier to just do a like, you know, a, 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 a later on film like Aliens, like three or or, or Resurrection or something, which are no, shitty. Resurrection is yeah. I was gonna say Resurrection is not a good point to this. I will say, for proof that a prequel is hard, look at Prometheus. Not a good film. <laughs> Anyways, though, in the comic books, it takes place in the future. They are on a world, and the the idea that the what it is is the Predators have a Queen Alien. That they have it like on Predator Homeworld. And they harvest its eggs. And every so often it makes an egg that'll create a queen alien. And there's a robot that picks up that egg and incinerates it. So that they never make more queen aliens. They only make the drones. And in the comic, the queen figures out how to get one of the queen eggs out. And they send it out. They send them out to all these planets. Well, none of these planets are inhabited by humans. They're inhabited by other animals and stuff. And then the Predators go down and hunt. They get to this world, and it turns out that this now has humans on it, and this is the one that happens to get the queen alien egg. And they, the thing that gets infected goes back, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, it turns into this big battle with this settlement where the humans are being turned into aliens. They have all this, like, cattle. It's not really cattle, but 
they've all been infected, so now there's thousands of aliens. And that's sort of the premise, and the Predators show up in a group to hunt, and through a series of accidents, they catch one of the Predators, blah, blah, blah. The story in that, it's a good story, takes place in the future, it makes slight references to both the Alien and Predator franchises, it doesn't try to ram them down your throat, it's implied that the company that's doing all the space farming is Whalen yutani but it doesn't, it's not in a way in which you're like, well that's dumb, because you already know that in Alien they're a... Uh, a mining company they like that's what those people are doing they mine rocks and then they fly them back to to earth so just feels like that was the one of the big missteps in this film yeah and the core stuff that it did take out the stuff you mentioned earlier is good material i like the idea um from this movie you know and and, and from the overall story that the that the predators that instead of just being like, oh, there's predators and there's aliens, let's just have them accidentally wander into the same room and they'll have a fight. The idea that the that the, the the greatest hunters in the galaxy like cr- like farm the the greatest predators in the ca- or the greatest like like prey in the galaxy so that they can hunt it that's fucking cool as hell. Not to mention the, yeah. the idea, um, the the interesting like convention of having a human becoming a predator because they accomplish such an incredible feat of murder that they get to become a predator. And those are cool ideas. That and that is how the the comic series ends. Yeah, is he, she and the predator go in to kill the hive, and they end up. She ends up killing the queen alien by severing its head with uh, the doors to an escape pod, and the predator is going to die because he's wounded. So as his he says is like because he can you know they can repeat things you say. He tells her as a parting gift he burns the mark into her forehead. And in the comic, it's just, like, supposed to be the veins that run through their fingers have a... Like, they they make a symbol. They don't, like, draw on you. They just jam it into your forehead. Mm. And so she has the mark that says she killed a queen alien. So when the predators show up, you know, it's not just, like, she killed a drone. They're like, oh, shit. Because they come back in, like, five years or whatever. And she wants to join up with them and, and do the hunt again. And so the idea is, you know, they're like, oh, well, she killed a queen alien. Like, one of the most you know, the hardest to kill thing in the entire universe, she killed it. So it makes a little more sense of them being accepting. And she is much more, she also has, I mean, this is obviously much easier to do when you have 12 issues or however many issues it is. Uh, She starts out as, she's the head of this uh, settlement, but she's not like a very, like a super strong character. She's kind of strong, but by the end, she's this extremely strong female character. She's changed in the way she she reacts and everything she has growth this is another film where beginning to end no one really has an arc no one grows as a person or a character yeah also just to your point from for a moment is fucking google alien versus predator comic and and maybe even the name of the character which is like machiko i believe um yeah it's japanese she is so fucking badass like she is kick-ass character design concept and execution so like, that is something they should have brought into this movie, and they absolutely didn't. Yeah, they really could have done a pared-down version of that fi- of that comic, and they could have... I mean, there's tons of stuff you could cut out of the comic that just does not need to be there, that, that they could just wrap it up. But, I mean, they could have made that as a movie, and I think it would have been... Um, it would have been a well, it would have been a much better film, but I think the film would have been extremely popular, because yeah. it would have had more of what people like. The alien's first appearance is much more menacing. They 
you know, they throw in all the other planets where the Predators are. There's, you know, you could do a montage of them killing the aliens on the other planets. You get that early action beat, and then, you know, there's a big block of story. Then there's the end action beat. But this film, as an adaption, is probably the farthest from the source material possible. I don't think there's any that are this bad. I do dream of a world where we open the podcast being like, boy, I'm so excited to talk about this movie. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to... My my fear is that, obviously, this is supposed to be somewhat humorous. I'm afraid that, like, when we go to do, like, Guardians of the Galaxy, I'm going to be like, loved it. Top to bottom. Don't know what to say. <clears throat> really great film. Awkward color poll. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, so I guess we're going to... I guess we're just going to listen to the soundtrack. No, trust me, I'll have plenty to say about even the movies I love. Um... Oh, yeah, I, I can still make jokes. I can be as nitpicky <laughs> as need be for humor, but... Yeah, right now, it's it's... It's sort of fun, too. I, I like going back and doing films that we haven't watched or that, you know, I, I don't want to just be like, all right, let's do Avengers 2. That just came out. You know, I, I kind of want to go back and be like, yeah, do you, I didn't remember, you know, it's been since 2000 probably that I watched X-Men. So it was weird to go back and be like, oh, wow, I do not remember this film being like this. I, this film. Exactly how I remember it. I, 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 Shitty. I feel my energy sapped just from having not only watched it, but but spoken so long about it. Like, I just... Yeah. I'm... It is it is interesting that so far in all the... the first, Batman is the only movie where I paid attention through the entire movie and took notes. I did find... I watched it one and a half times, and the second time I watched the beginning, I did get a little bored, but that's because I had just watched it like right. the day before. X-Men, by the end, I was just like, ah, well, it's just end. And by this movie, I was taking notes. And, like, the first 35, 40 minutes of the movie, I have, like, a page of notes. And then after that, I'm just like, I don't care anymore. This movie's dumb. Yeah, I have the same problem. I also had to stop and pause a lot because I had so much, like, anger to write down. <laughs> that I had to oh, pause. yeah, at one point in time, I, I had to stop the movie. So I, I went back because I was like, in the beginning, when they kept switching locations, I was like, wow, this seems like a lot of locations really fast so i went back and rewatched it to time it to be like within five minutes you're at six different locations i was like that is a lot of location switches it's it, this movie has no foot there's no 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 um a purchase for you to put your foot into at any point it gives you no good characters to rely on you don't come out being like man i really like the way you like came out of alien being like fucking ripley or the way you came out of like you know predator being like goddamn schwarzenegger um you don't. What? No, you're like you're goddamn Hotskins, the, the guy that Shane Black plays. The guy who's always telling those jokes. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you come out of those. Jesus, you've got a big pussy. But you, you. <laughs> you say that every episode. Um, I do. But you, 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 you can like recall characters from those movies. They they mean something to you. You can define them. Um, I can't recall anyone from this movie, and it's 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 bad from an action movie standpoint. The action isn't interesting. The characters aren't fun. There's no horror movie design, like I said before, that kills the characters in an interesting or unique way, where it dr- well, this is, draws upon so- your anxiety and plays upon you know situational like like cleverness. None of that's here, and there's no reverence for the aliens or predator movies. It's like they were forced to use these characters, and they didn't want to use them. Yeah. What, what I found interesting was when, we, when I was writing down my notes, I realized I just used like pronouns for everything, which I happened to know what they meant. But reading my notes, or I would refer to people by their basic, like I was like, you know, archaeologist, ice lady. I had to go look up their names. I don't think I've ever watched any movie where I literally could not name one person's name from the movie, except for I, I knew the one guy's name was Wayland, but that's because 
It was on literally everything <laughs> in this shot. But then I wasn't even sure. I was like, was that really his last name? Or did he have a different name? Because I'm like, I don't remember them calling him Wayland at any point. So I had to look up every character's name. And reading their names, I don't remember people saying their names. Like, I, don't, I started to think. I'm like, did nobody ever actually voice their names out loud? Because I don't remember any of these people. Utter disaster. Yeah, it was just not a good film. It was real rough. So I think that's about it. Uh, where would you rate this in, uh, you know, we've done three of these now. Is this, is this the bottom of the three? Yeah, I like, I like creating this leaderboard out of the movies we watch. This is three for sure. And it will remain probably the bottom of the list for quite a while. Unless we do, <laughs> I, I can't even name what could be worse than this, but I'm sure it's out there. Aliens vs. Predator. Uh, oh, I will kill you. We're not, <laughs> we're doing something better next time. I don't think so, because my idea, it's not going to be better. <laughs> uh, well, all right. Well, um, anything else you want to talk about that we didn't miss? I'm trying to see if there's anything in my my notes that we didn't hit on. Oh, just one last comment about the inconsistency of the goddamn plot. Do you remember her uh, Alexa's rules about how to stay alive? Do you remember what rule two was? Wasn't it you can't go anywhere alone? That was rule one. You remember rule two? Oh. Rule two was stay in communication at all times. Does anybody do that? <laughs> no. And in fact, as soon as they get to the whaling station, three people walk off by themselves. And die. I'm yeah. like, I'm like, that was, she gave you one really important piece of advice, which is don't go anywhere by yourself. Carbon Dater guy walks off by himself and she has to go find him. And when she goes to find him, she leaves archaeologist alone. Right. I'm just like, do you guys not, and why are you just walking around in general anyways? You don't know the structural integrity of any of these buildings. And, and no one... No one in the expedition calls up to the people up top. The people up top don't call down when the storm hits. And, he- and Well, they can't. The storm hit, and they have no radios or lights. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no one brought gear. No one from this technology company brought anything that works or is anything better than a fucking flashlight. And no one tries to. And they could have explained it with like being like, someone get a radio and be like, hello. And then they go, oh, I can't get a signal underground. Like I thought that, I thought maybe that did happen, but I might now it, just be thinking. It doesn't happen. It. I waited for it. It doesn't happen. They just Yeah, you're right. When they're trying to get in, when they're trying to get the attention of the people up in the burial chamber, they're just yelling through that hole in the ground. Yeah, they forgot they have radios. Ugh. 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 Garbage central. All right. Really- but yeah, so there's our opinion. Uh, Alien vs. Predator is real bad. Probably, definitely the worst that we've watched. Uh, if you would like to comment, point out things that we missed, things that we said incorrectly, your own opinions, uh, send them to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash naospod. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at naospod. Yeah, so there's that. Uh, we'll be back next week with a mini-episode. Ben, again, where can people go to find you? Uh, you can find me at the Disco Pony on Twitter or my uh, comedy patch notes video game uh, Twitter account at Strangelog. Uh, find me on Instagram at It's Pogues. Same address for Twitter. You can check out the art I do. And that's about it. I can't think. There's no plugs. You got anything going on you wanted to share? Nope. I'm uh, hoping a Silver Ben show might happen uh, early next year, but that's too early to tell. So, yeah. All right. Well, we'll wait till then. <laughs> uh, next show, we might have a guest. Uh, our guest for this week kind of fell through, and we didn't have enough notice to really It's fine. force somebody to watch Alien vs. Predator. I, so I, perhaps I think we'll that's one. against the Geneva Convention to do anyway. Yeah, it'd be bad enough to be like, will you watch Alien vs. Predator? 
it's a whole nother thing to be like, will you watch it so we can talk about it in three hours? Ugh. I don't think I don't think a person could have just watched it and then talked about it. You know, you can just cut the rest of this podcast. All you need is me making that sound. Just uh, ugh. <laughs> That'll be the whole episode. Just I'll just put it for an hour. <laughs> just you making that sound over and over again. Well, that's it then for this episode of Not Another Origin Story. We'll see you next week with any episode. We'll tell you what films up next. And fuck your four-second players, Wayne. Industries. Mm-hmm.